0: name's Pliskin. It's all on the reflexes. You got a problem with drilling now, Proby? Is that it?
1: We like her, Dad. Oh, you like her, do you? You like her so much you'd rather live with her than your own father?
0: Tonight, we stay with them and we shut them down.
1: It's so good, dude. It is really good. Can I, I say one quick thing? You go for it, okay. Joe. Yeah, please. <laughs> every
0: time we play that intro, first of all, I'll get really into it. Second of all, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, when he says at the very end, we shut them down, that's from Miracle, when yeah. he's giving the locker room talk yeah. in, uh, between periods, he says right after that, he says, because we can, yeah. like that, and every time, I'm like, I'm whispering that to myself or mouthing it, <laughs> and I think he's getting ready to say it, but we couldn't do it for pacing of the intro. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I made Joe cut it out. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kurt Russell Rules, the podcast about the man himself, Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. I'm Ian, along with my co-host, Joe. Hey, everyone. And we are switching things up a little bit this week. Oh, yeah. We're pulling a real freaky Friday here, Joe. (laughs) We're swapping up the roles just a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. As always, we've selected an amazing movie from Kurt's extensive catalog. Yep. We'll discuss some interesting aspects of the production. Give you a summary of the movie, probably talk a little bit too much about the movie itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before we give Kurt a rating and talk about what life lessons we've learned this time around.
0: Heck yeah. Joe, how are you feeling about this? I feel pretty good. I feel, uh, I feel different than I usually feel. Yeah, I'll be honest. The reason for that is, and this might be a segue, is because this movie is different. It is very different from the other movies we we reviewed, Um, which is great because I love talking about the diversity in his movies. But I feel very ready. But I'm curious to see how this conversation goes, given tonally how this this movie is a bit of a shift. From
1: yeah, it's an absolute shift. And I think before we really get too deep into it, I think it might be worth mentioning that we do have a thriller on our hands here. Yeah. So for those listening, if you really enjoy the suspense or the what's going to happen next aspect of a movie... Mm -hmm. I would dare recommend checking out the movie
0: first before listening too. to this full podcast. I don't want to spoil anything right now, but it definitely has some parts in it where you're like, who's really involved with this? How far does this go? Yeah. There's a lot of questions in your head, almost from the get-go. I, I wouldn't want it spoiled for me because it really is a really entertaining thriller. It is. Uh, it's, yeah, it keeps it you on the edge is. of your seat. So I would say the same thing. Please go watch it so it doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> for yeah, you. yeah. So, so everyone
1: hit the pause button right ex- now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, Joe. I think we've warned them adequately here. Yes.
0: And it's safe to go ahead and summarize the movie. So, what do we got? Let's do it. Okay, so I wrote this. This is my writing here, and so we'll see how this. If we if we feel like we've encapsulated the the story and the tone of this film, but here's what I have in. In the midst of a cross country relocation, down on their luck couple Jeff and Amy Taylor experience a terrifying ordeal. After an accidental breakdown, Amy hitches a ride from a helpful trucker, only to disappear. What follows is a nail-biting thriller across the barren desert of the American West as Jeff tries to track down his wife and her captor. But there's one question. Who can he trust in his pursuit?
1: Ooh, very eloquent show. There
0: you go. You should write these professionally. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I thought about that when I was writing it, so I was like, this actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I should explore it. Uh, but yeah, and so that's that's really the story. That's kind of it in a nutshell. And I'll venture to say that that the movie again is a pretty lean like thriller and um yeah I'm curious yeah, to Yeah concept
1: wise it. it is relatively lean yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but the movie itself is great
0: It is it's really entertaining it's again it's an edgier seat who done it kind of nail biter the whole time you're just waiting they're like what what is going on here? Like yeah, people, I'll
1: say when I was taking notes while watching the movie, there were a number of times where I would write something down mm-hmm. only to find out the answer later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was yeah. great. I really yeah. enjoyed that because it yeah. makes you think about something and then it delivers on it really exactly. well. Exactly. It yeah.
0: does. It very much does. So
1: yeah. before we dive into that, I've got some fun production notes Let's for do us it. to go through. Yep. Again, this is a 1997 movie. It came out mm-hmm. May 2nd, 1997. Mm-hmm. It's made by Paramount mm-hmm. It had a runtime of 93 minutes. So, nice and tight. Yeah, very tight movie. But, yep. A budget of $36 million. It made about $50 million in the box office. So pretty successful, all things considered. Definitely broke even. Uh, It has an 83% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. The the audience score is 68%, which is interesting to me, because oftentimes you'll have where the audience really enjoys the movie more than some of these critics do. The critics seem to like this, and I agree with the critics. I do too. Interestingly, it came out the same year as Austin Powers. (laughs) That's hilarious. So if it doesn't make me feel old... (laughs) (laughs) that I don't know what will, because Austin Powers, I remember being like, oh, that came out forever ago. So this
0: movie also... Same time as that. I did not realize that. Yeah. Probably both around the summer as well, because I think Austin Powers might have been a summer movie.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it probably was pretty close, yeah. So interesting note: they built the diner that's featured in this movie for real. So it's a real diner, and they left it there after production was done. And it's been used for a ton of commercials and other movies, apparently. Interesting. Which is really interesting. There was a lot of work on this movie to have everything be very realistic as far as not a lot of CGI, not a lot of special effects in this movie. And when it was, it was very limited in scope.
0: Yeah, you can tell, too. I mean, granted, it was 97, so the effects weren't quite there for... CGI just basically recreating everything or these like LED backgrounds we use now for something like The Mandalorian, but it feels very practical. Like, even the action stuff they do, it all feels very like tangible in camera. Oh, they did that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really cool, but that's cool to know about the diner.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah they actually built it, uh, which I thought was fascinating as yeah. part of the, the history here. Uh, this was nominated, Joe, for a Saturn Award. Hello. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. Oh, I know.
0: You're familiar with the Saturn uh, Awards? Have we not talked about these? <laughs> no, we've never okay. talked about these. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let me take a quick aside. Please do. I have
1: I have notes too. I cannot wait to talk about this. Okay, okay.
0: So I'd never watched them before, but I'd seen the mentioning of Saturn Awards like on IMDb for certain movies or whatever. I'd never put it together on what they actually are. Like last weekend, I can't be haven't talked about this. Just happened. I have notes on this. I cannot wait to talk about this. This just happened. So I'm just casually flipping through the channels. Yeah. Last weekend, and I don't even have like regular TV. I have the like streaming network where it has various live, kind of live stuff. But then 500 channels of like action or right. or CSI or whatever. One of them was playing the Saturn Awards, and it just <laughs> happened to come on. Did you watch it? No, I caught okay. clips of it later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was hilarious. Joe McHale was the host. Yeah. Uh, the program sorry the production of it itself was absolutely hilarious to me because <laughs> uh, to the point where Seth MacFarlane won an award Joe he won yes, the Robert yes, Forster watch this. award whatever that award is I don't know but when he comes in, he says it's a pleasure to be here even though this clearly should have been a zoom yes yes <laughs> he he makes fun of the whole thing I can't believe we're both I can't believe we haven't talked about this <laughs> it's the first time I've ever watched it I watched probably half of it you need to go back and watch it just for the production value of it because you're used to watching something like Grammys or Oscars or whatever the stage is really slick everything's really tight in, in terms of the production this was like the stage was these different like black platforms that they just like pushed together oh yeah this it looks was, like it's in a hotel somewhere yes it looks like it's at a hotel the production is very off in terms of Seth McFarlane I watched that speech yeah he's mic'd and the mic is not very good where you're hearing a lot of like breathing and like p- p- like popping yeah and the audience is not mic'd at all and so every time he told a joke it was just dead silence <laughs> and it just hung there And William Shatner presents him with the award. Yes. 90-year-old William Shatner is just standing there listening to Seth McFarlane. And Shatner's just standing there in the background with his mouth open the whole time like, what are we talking about? What are we doing?
1: There's no plan to this thing, it seems like. It's hilarious. Emily Blunt was apparently one of the presenters. Was I saw really, her. I, 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 missed didn't, that one. I didn't see it, but she was listed as one of them.
0: That's amazing. Which I missed that. It blows that one. my mind. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. They had certain people that were like the really kind of high caliber celebrities. They weren't at the tables. They were literally just like backstage. <laughs> so you had like Heather Graham, who's not even that big of a celebrity, but sure. her and a couple other people were just like backstage the whole time. The only one that I saw that was like at the award show the whole time was Keanu Reeves. He I think he made a speech about uh, Lance Reddick uh, and accepted an yes. award on his behalf. You're I think, right, yes, which is which is very touching. Yeah, um, but the entire program is like this distant cousin of of the Oscars or whatever, and it's so funny. But people seem to actually love it.
1: It seems to be beloved in many ways. Like Bruce yes. Campbell has a quote on the website. First of all, okay. this website okay. Okay. gives me some real heaven's gate vibes. If you're not <laughs> aware that that website still exists. Okay. Okay. This is the cult that, that was waiting for hail Bop to come by. <laughs> that website still exists. And it has that like really like, like nineties feel to it. The Saturn okay. awards website is a real nineties feel. to That's it. That's awesome. It's a .org website also. Nice. So it's really got that going for it. Okay. But Bruce Campbell's on there with a quote, which Don't is getting a Saturn award. That gives you a real street cred where I come from. <laughs> He's so the man. He's the man. But it seems like people genuinely love this just for what it is. Yes. It's it's not pretentious. It doesn't try to be something. It is. No people get these awards and show up to actually receive them. Like, legitimate people yeah. coming to this event
0: yes. to receive their awards. Yes. It's it's actually really neat. And I was a, just an idiot, never put this together. But the reason they're called the Saturn Awards is because there really wasn't a suitable category for things like sci-fi, thriller, action in the more prestigious awards like right. the Oscars. The Oscars are really notorious for not recognizing things like a sci-fi or an action movie or a thriller or, horror or whatever. And so they really have their own kind of segment of the uh, the content that they're able to really award and recognize, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, no, it yeah. comes from
1: the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Mm-hmm. That's where it all started. Mm-hmm. So it is it is awesome. I love that it's it really exists. New. It just cracked me up. I saw that it was nominated Yeah. when I was reading about it, and yeah. I was like, what was it nominated for? I'm like, a Saturn Award. Like, I know. What is yeah. that? And then, yeah. boom, deep dive. I'm in way too deep reading about this.
0: That's so funny, man. Yeah, like, what's, I, yeah go what's ahead. What's crazy
1: is Breakdown was up against some real heavy hitters for this. LA okay. Confidential, which oh, won. Oh, okay, yeah. Face-Off, real good movie. That's a big, big action movie. Nick Cage. The Game.
0: Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. It's a great movie. Titanic. Interesting.
1: Yeah, interesting (laughs) that it's in this mix. And then Tomorrow
0: Never Dies. Okay, I could see that. Those are all okay. really good movies. Interesting Titanic. Uh, yeah, there. I don't have no idea. I mean... I mean, it, it kind of turns into an action-y movie in the last, like, 45 minutes. Well, but that's what I love about
1: the Saturn Awards, is that you just kind of see things kind of mishmashed yeah, together smattering. a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. That was really fun for me to come across that. I love that this was nominated. I love that we both caught that these yeah. yes. <laughs> awards
0: just happened yeah. recently. you've got to watch... I mean, for anyone who hasn't watched it, watch the most recent one or clips from it. It's so interesting in that it's just, like, it's a completely different caliber of award show. Totally. But different. you can tell everyone's just, like, got their hair down. Yeah, they're just enjoying it. They're just enjoying it, having fun, making jokes. It's definitely a little bit more risque than the Oscars or something. It was. It's really entertaining.
1: Yeah, and totally so. agree.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so this movie was co-written and directed by Jonathan Mostow. Yes. Doesn't have a ton of credits to his name. He did U-571, mm-hmm. which was a great film yep. uh, about a U-boat Yep, in World War, World Two. War II. Yep, yep. He also did T3, Rise in the Machines. Yep. Unfortunately for him, he had a follow after T2, which is a very... That's tough. Very big shoes to fill. <sighs> that is really tough. But otherwise, not a ton to yeah. his name. Yeah, I didn't see a lot either. Not a huge cast of this movie. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, we've got Kurt, obviously. For the movie, Kurt wanted to be with his family after being away so much during Escape from L.A., Yep, and they wanted him bad enough that they organized a private jet uh, and a helicopter yep. to have him on set in time and then
0: home for dinner yep. every single day. They I filmed. love that.
1: It's bonkers. It is
0: bonkers. I think he could only shoot for like five or six hours a day. What I was reading was he would
1: get there. They would film for about an hour or so, have lunch. Yep. Then they would film until about four and he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive.
0: It's crazy, man.
1: I think Wyatt would have been like 11 at the time that this came out. And so the ideal was just, I'm going to be home with the kids this time. I've been away too much. I want to be home. Yeah. So major credit to Kurt, yeah, and a major credit to the production. Yeah,
0: it's it's very cool. It really speaks to what we uh, talked about in our bonus episode. Yep, about how he has like a really good work life balance, which is very cool. They they call it in the industry they call it a turnaround where your uh, your time on set like what is the max amount of time you have on set before you have to leave okay. and like you need a certain amount of time at home or with your family or whatever to kind of recharge your batteries. And so I think what they had he had what they call a twelve hour turnaround. And So he can only be on set, I think, a total of twelve hours a day, and traveling to set and all that. And I was going to ask you about included. that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. Right, right. And so it depends, like certain people to have in the contracts, like, hey, I need to be done shooting by six. I will get here no earlier than like six the next day. Because again, they can go, they can get wild, especially a production like this where you're shooting out of little nowhere, you bring out all this gear, you're traveling, it can, the hours can just fly by. I feel so, like this one probably helped in the sense that most of this movie takes place during the
1: daytime. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine they only had a few hours of really good, proper time that they could film. Yeah, I would because say. Because otherwise, so. the sun's going to get into a weird position and yeah. everything's going to look different. Yeah. So that probably helped to make it more amenable, but still wild. They would fly him in every single day, not every day, but every day that he filmed. Yeah,
0: it's crazy, man. Yeah, really impressive. Especially when you consider that he's in like every shot of the movie. Yeah,
1: he is in this entire movie. Yeah,
0: he drives the entire thing. There can't be more than five minutes of screen time without him, if that. He's the entire movie. Yeah, he's in
1: every minute of this thing. So
0: pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, J.T. Walsh is in
1: this. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was the last movie that he made that came out while he was still alive. Oh, it was pretty sad. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, two was, movies that okay. came out
0: posthumously. Mm. Uh, what other uh, Kurt Russell movie was he in that we just covered?
1: Yeah, so I was going to say there's a lot of crossover with Kurt. He was in <laughs> Tequila Sunrise in '88. Yep. He was in Backdraft in '91. That's right. He also did a Few Good Men, not with Kurt. But A Few Good Men in 92, big Notable. movie. Yep. And then Executive
0: Decision. Yeah, which we just did. In 96, yeah. he was in that. He he's was in, the he, senator on the plane. He's really good in that. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a quote from Kurt that when he was talking about J.T. Walsh, and I think he was really trying to, fighting for him to be in the role he was like, he's a perfect actor. Everything he does is just flawless. Like, yeah, he had it.
1: very high regard for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came across yeah. that too. Yeah. And I mean, it's true. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's very recognizable. He's had a great career. Yeah,
0: he's he was really talented. Very talented guy.
1: Kathleen Quinlan, mm-hmm. who plays Kurt's wife in this movie. Yep. Pretty solid career for her as well. She yeah. was in American Graffiti with Harrison Ford. Yep. She had a small role in Apollo 13. Mm hmm. She was also in an episode of Stargate Universe. Oh, so a little tie in there. Hello. To the old Stargate side of things. That's
0: cool. Yeah. So she had a pretty good career. I'm most familiar with her, the Twilight Zone movie. She's in, I think it's the first story in that movie, and she's great. It's a really creepy story. I can't remember who directed it off the top of my head, but she was fantastic in that. And I I grew up watching that movie, and I thought she was so cool.
1: Yeah, she had a really interesting career from what I was looking at. mm. Yeah, so the rest of the cast, less well known. There's a couple of other names in there, Mm -hmm. but otherwise... Not a lot of people in this movie, just by the very nature of the film itself. Mm -hmm. For the leading role, Kurt was obviously the main guy they wanted. They also considered Dennis Quaid, Bruce Willis, Ed Harris, Mel Gibson, and Richard Gere.
0: Jeez. What a
1: fascinating... Difference those individuals would have made in this yeah. role. Like, I think Kirk killed it in this movie. He did.
0: Each one of those you listed, I think, would bring their own flavor to it, and I think it would be a pretty strong movie. Yeah, with each for one sure. of them. It would have been, again, a little bit different, but I think those are all such strong actors that I think we would have been looking at a pretty quality thriller. No Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, lastly, we got some crew members here. With stunts. John Casino is back. as yep. Kurt's stunt double. Yes.
0: Some very impressive work in him. Very impressive
1: work. Him. One yeah. thing I really liked about it is that. Kurt was saying in an interview how him and John work so closely together in these movies where John will always do the stunt first, Mm -hmm. and then they'll talk about it to figure out what aspects of it Kurt should try or what parts should Kurt just (laughs) kind of avoid, which is awesome. We've talked about it before, but it's really fun to hear that play out about how these uh, these guys have been working together for so long, and they're really collaborating
0: to make this movie come to life. Yeah. Speaking of that, there's definitely some shots in here where it's like, you know, it's not Kurt. But there are some shots where it looks like it is him. I think there's a lot of shots that are actually him. Yeah. And it's really impressive, man. Yeah. Like the one where he's notably, he's like under the truck yeah. as it's going. And, it, you know, there's definitely some tricks in there, but it looks really good. And it looks like... Yeah, he's doing something very physical in there to make that work. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive.
1: In the makeup department, we've got our man Dennis Lydiate back oh, yeah. again as
0: our key makeup artist. Okay, so he's still at the top of the yeah, chain. Yeah, he's knocking the, it out yeah. of the
1: park lately. Nice. Uh, he did not like this movie for Kurt. Interesting. He said that he prefers Snake Plissken just kicking ass. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, right? Yeah, it's a dream. we all love that. It's a dream. I just love that for whatever somehow Dennis Lidiard was asked about it and he had a strong opinion <laughs>
0: about the movies that Kurt is in. He's just like, nah, I'm out on that one. Yeah, I don't this know. is fine. It's I fine. mean, I'll
1: do the makeup on this thing, but I don't like it.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's really funny. He's opinionated on it. That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. So again, they you know, they both did executive decision and Escape from LA with Kurt. Yep. They're just hanging out a lot lately. One thing Kurt said was that he liked the chance as an actor to play someone that is completely real. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Which that, is totally true. It's a little bit outside. It's not this super fantastical nah. character. It's somebody who could absolutely exist.
0: Yeah, it really is. Like, it's not a comedy. It's not a sci fi crazy action thing. It's like, what, he really is, I think, channeling a what if this actually happened? Let's play it like that. And yeah. it's, it's really effective. There are some really tense. And I don't want to say the word disturbing, but there are some very, very strong moments where you you can feel his like Absolutely. Like his stress. Oh, yeah, his, it comes through. It really does come through. And it doesn't feel overly done. It feels like he is playing it to the level that you would be if you're going through the same situation. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One last note I had was about the driving in the movie. Kathleen okay. uh, Quinlan said to Kurt... Now I notice you wear glasses when we aren't filming. How bad are your eyes? <laughs> and then Kurt replied, "They're
0: pretty bad, actually.
1: <laughs> but I got it. I got it. Apparently, he was he drove race cars in the past.
0: Uh huh. Okay. Okay. And so
1: he's very comfortable
0: behind the wheel with yep.
1: it being behind the wheel. He's was like, Well, I know where they are. I know where the road is. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> hey, she's like, oh, Okay. I can feel it. So yeah. I just really enjoyed that. Where that's funny. I guess he was doing the real driving in this thing, and he made a comment about how you know when it's just me in the car. It's not as big of a deal when you've got somebody else in the car. Yeah, those questions start to come yeah, up a little
0: bit. Yeah, yeah. So that,
1: I, that's about all I had, Joe. Uh, yeah. Anything
0: else? You've got itching to throw in the mix. Um, you covered a lot of good stuff there regarding the the history of this thing. There's one thing I wanted to discuss and get your thoughts on this. They don't really make movies like this for the theater anymore. Interesting. The last time I've seen a movie like this even advertised for the theater, I'm, I'm trying to remember when. Like anything like this now, where it's like taught. 90 minute, short, in and out, tight, punchy, just straight ahead thriller. Seems like it would be on Netflix, Amazon Prime, like straight to a streamer.
1: It is scary and suspenseful, yes, but not because of everything that they're showing you, but often because yeah. of what they're not showing you. So yeah. I agree. I don't know that I can think of a lot of movies that are heavily mm-hmm. promoted
0: that are like that. hmm No, I, I I like at least again the last like 10, 15 years. I mean, if they were gonna make something akin to this now, they would either really pump up the action or the gore and make it just a horror movie. Something like this nowadays, you just you just don't really see it anymore. And when you do, even on the streamers, they seem to make it a, just a bit more like action-packed or whatever. This is very much like an in-your-head, what's-going-to-happen-next straightforward thriller.
1: That's really what makes it a thriller is that it's balancing between action and horror yeah right mm-hmm. and that's what makes it a, a proper thriller mm-hmm. and it is it delivers
0: on that exactly exactly uh just to circle back uh, before we get into the plot i would say really go watch this if you haven't seen it absolutely it is it really holds up holds so, up
1: really well yeah. it's really enjoyable and it's only 93 minutes yep yeah what's it what,
0: what is that It's yeah, like on. an afternoon yeah just, yeah
1: just put it on already you're good just do, do it. it
0: you're fine Well, cool. All right.
1: Well, it sounds like we're in a good place for a break. I think for us, that means about 10 minutes. For those listening, it's going to be about three seconds. Perfect. So we'll see you in a bit. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Joe and I have stretched our legs. I think we're ready to dive back into things here.
0: I think so, too. I yeah. feel pretty good after that break.
1: Yeah, real good after that yeah.
0: break. I'm not going to lie to you. Our intro to this episode went longer than I thought it would. Yeah, it was a little we, bit long. I'm <laughs> a little bit of a talker. We were. That was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, I I'm still surprised by that Saturn Award thing because, again, I didn't have it in my notes to go over. Oh, I had a ton of notes on it. <laughs> and, I was very excited about it. <laughs> I think that's amazing. And literally last weekend when I was watching, it was the first time I'd ever seen anything from it. The stars aligned. So you had no idea there was a connection there with Kurt? No, not at all. Wow. Not at all. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Kurt's role in his movie. There's a few things I want to say here. I'm going to talk about his looks for a second. First of all, he looks great. Looks amazing. He does look really good in this. I'm still going to give it to Executive Decision in terms of how good he looks, because just because he's in the tux in that movie. But his hair is about the same length. We always talk about his hair. He seems like in this one, he's playing it also very straight, similar to that character from Executive Decision. Yeah. Like He's kind of no nonsense, but you do get a little levity from him in the beginning, just like, hey, he's joking around with his wife, which right. is a nice little touch. One thing I'm going to say about this role, again, his name is Jeff Taylor. Kurt Russell to me does not look like a Jeff. No, no he does Jeff. not look like a Jeff. She says his name Jeff a few times in the movie, and it's yeah. like, what? It what took is me out this? of it. It definitely took me out of it. It feels for like a it should be like a like we said, like Grant or like like Kurt, obviously. Oh yeah, when I was
1: reading things about the movie, and it was like, and Jeff does such and such, I'm like, who's Jeff in it's, this weird. Movie? it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. He does not look
0: like that at all. Not at all. He was 45 when they did this. No kidding. He looks really good for that age. You Ian and I are both 40 yeah. as we recorded this. If I look that good at 45, I don't look that good now. I didn't well, look that good when I was 35. Say, I don't know that we have Kurt Russell looks
1: <laughs> to start with. So yeah. that's a hill we're going to have to climb. Yeah, we're going to have to get there. prevent going down. It's
0: going to be like that, and that's a tough hill to climb. He looks, he looks really good. He looks really in shape. I think yeah. he just has good genetics. I think he's always looked like, like, like pretty good sure. in shape, like pretty athletic. He's got the polo going that's like pretty baggy. It was definitely yeah, a mid to very late '90s baggy polo. Clothes. Yeah. Again, this is such a different movie than really anything we've done. The closest we have gotten in our show is Executive Decision, and that which isn't
1: really close at all. No, it's, it's not the closest, but it's not really close. No,
0: no, this one is very much like he is in a different gear for the entire movie. He is very stressed. He's sweating. He is kind of freaking out the entire movie and trying to figure out what to do. It's a very interesting role for him, which I don't think I've seen him do before or since. No. It's it's really interesting. And he's very, very good at it. Like we said, he's really magnetic. You really believe how stressed out he is. And he is in that gear for what feels like the entire movie outside of the first like eight minutes. Right. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. They never say what he does in this movie as a job. You're right. I always assumed architect. What do you think he does as a job?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> I I get the vibe of like a businessman of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like he works behind a desk. This mm-hmm. is a guy that works behind a desk for sure. Yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, totally. I'm going to
1: be honest. This is definitely a blank slate kind of character. Yes. Which thinking about it now yeah. in context of this movie yeah. is perfect Mm-hmm. because you really do see this character at the beginning as like a nobody yeah. in many ways. and it,
0: he could be anyone. He could be you, he could be me. Yeah. Like could, this could happen to anyone, Like, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so frightening. Yeah. It seems like he actually has a pretty healthy marriage, even though, as they say in the movie, they're kind of down and out. They're not doing good financially. They're moving to get new jobs. Things are just tough. They're still really joking, and they seem to actually really love each other. Yeah. Usually in movies like this, if it's a road trip, it's a husband and wife, they're getting caught up in something, there's some sort of stress before that. Yeah, there's usually, usually a
1: fight or something. Yeah, there's a
0: fight, or they're on the outs, or like they're in the middle of getting a divorce, or something's going on like that. This is like, oh, they just seem like a really happy couple. Yeah. And they're just kind of... They you don't know, have fallen on hard times. And so I think that's an interesting angle they took with this story with Kurt as a character, there's really no levity in this movie. Like usually in Kurt's roles, there's some sort of joking or lightheartedness somewhere in the film, even if it's not coming from him. This is literally after the first again, like eight minutes. He is in that gear of just I need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I don't know what to do. He is frantic, and he, there are it no doesn't jokes. Light up. No, At,
1: once you get past the beginning with him and his wife kind of setting up the movie,
0: there are yeah. no jokes in the rest of this movie. Yeah, which is again, I think, pretty impressive that he's he's able to keep that. Tension ratcheted the entire time. Last thing I'll say again, he looks really good in it. Yep. Even though he's running around like frantic and sweating the entire movie, it's a good looking, handsome Kurt Russell. And so that's the last thing I'll say, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> okay, do with that what you will. Okay, let's get straight into the plot of this thing. This is, again, a very tight thriller. But there are a lot of interesting plot points, especially with how this movie unfolds, and you eventually see who's involved, who's not involved, like who, like what's going on and causing this situation. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on some of these, Ian. And let's uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the plot of Breakdown. We open up Roadmap. All right. It looks like it's almost just like weird curvy spaghetti lines or something. They look
1: very spaghetti line. Yeah. Yeah. They do.
0: It looks, it's very much like late 90s motion graphics. It's very simple. Very, very simple. Yes. Ends up becoming a roadmap, some pretty intense music. Like, you know what you're getting into. You know, this is going to be a thriller. We fade into kind of driving through the hills of the West, the American West. We can tell that they are, again, in the middle of nowhere and they've driven hundreds, hundreds of miles. Maybe thousands. They're coming from
1: Massachusetts. Yes.
0: They're coming a long way. And they're in Arizona at this point. Have you ever driven. Like, across the country, across the country. You and I took a big road trip a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, we've
1: basically done this. Yes. Not quite the same distance, but close.
0: Yes. For anyone that hasn't done this, it is exhausting. Like, Oh, absolutely. It is brutal. I've also done at least twice. I've driven from Mississippi to Seattle and back. Whoa. It's brutal, man. You get about 10 hours into that trip, and you start hitting landscape like this that they're hitting in the movie, and you feel like you are just... In the Twilight Zone or something. Like that happened to us in
1: Kansas. We hit Kansas yeah. and it just felt like it was never ending. Yeah. It's I never felt like it was ending. in a cartoon where the background just starts repeating, yes. basically. And you're yes. not actually moving.
0: Yes. And they established that really well in the beginning where it feels endless and he's like kind of fading and he gets a little distracted and ends up being almost cut off by a truck. Yep. Okay. He almost gets in a wreck almost like the scene from *A uh, Christmas Vacation where it's like he just speeds yes, and he's like similar. cut off by this yeah. truck. Almost a pretty similar truck, actually. Almost gets in a wreck. They're kind of swerving, blah, blah, blah. His wife is waking up. She's like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know, fell asleep, whatever. They're running out of gas. They pull up to a gas station. Mm-hmm. And this is like, we assume, like pretty soon after that. Right. Now, that same truck that they almost hit happens to be at this gas station. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is the first part of the plot kind of starting to thicken here. Threatening gentleman, wearing a cowboy hat, who I'm going to refer to as guy with cowboy hat for the rest of this description here. Got it. Comes out of his truck. He starts by complimenting Kurt Russell's car. A backhanded compliment because he says to him... That's a great machine, and Kurt Russell says something like, well, out here you need a truck like that. And the guy's like, why would you want this truck, this piece of crap, while you have this Jeep? You can immediately tell this guy hates Kurt Russell yep. because we then see, that, and it is made obvious to us, that this is the same guy that he cut off. They have a confrontation. It does not go well. Kurt tries to resolve it, and he's like, hey, let's put it behind us. It was an accident. The guy's like, no, you can tell something feels really weird about it. So they leave the gas station. First of all, They start driving down the road at 85 miles an hour (laughs) in a Jeep Grand Cherokee in the middle of nowhere. I owned not a Grand Cherokee, but a red Jeep Wrangler. I remember it. I loved that Wrangler so much. And I am, to this day, I'm sad I don't own that vehicle. I got in a wreck. Anytime I took that thing over the speed of 65, it is brutal. It is (laughs) loud. It's shaky. It's an uncomfortable drive.
1: Yeah, Cars aren't as quiet as they are today. No, no,
0: no. Not at all. In that Grand Cherokee, I guarantee, once he hit 85, he would have been like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going more like 65, maybe <laughs> 70 for the rest of this trip. Now, granted, he knew the guy was probably behind them, and he was trying to get away from him and just put some distance between sure, them. Sure, yeah, yeah, So I can buy that, but at the same time, that is an uncomfortable speed in that vehicle. To me, that's a little unrealistic. Yeah. You're going across the country. Just a little nitpick I have on my end.
1: No, I've got With you. I ball, mean, yeah. For me, when they're at the gas station, he's putting oil into it as well. Yes. And I had to think to myself. How often? Yes, on a big road trips with my family. Do my dad stop and have to put right. oil into the vehicle? Especially if the
0: car's like brand new, like it's that's a brand, brand new vehicle, new vehicle brand which is Cherokee. very pristine. It's very yes, clean it for driving great.
1: across the country. First mm-hmm. of all, but second of all, he's putting oil into it.
0: Yes, I don't get it. It's weird. I don't understand it. I don't get it either. We'll find out later, like plot-wise, why that needed to happen. I guess. Yeah, you kind of find out, yeah. but at the same time, it's com- it seems like it's completely unnecessary. Okay, they're back on the road after the gas station. We look down. His wife, Kathleen Quinlan, Amy, has picked up from the gas station a snack mm-hmm. of donuts. Powdered donuts. Powdered donuts in that little kind of plastic roll that they oh, come yeah. in. Okay. Apparently, there is a contest that is advertised on this package. If you win, you get your choice between 90,000 donuts mm-hmm. or $90,000. Yep. Two questions for you, Ian. Yeah. Is this the dumbest reward options? okay? Also, what would you do with 90,000 donuts? Okay <laughs> first of all, I don't want the 90,000
1: donuts because that, that's ba- I guess that's like saying you get a lifetime supply of donuts and Kurt's character even says, oh, I'd sell them for 30 cents a piece yeah, which would be 27 grand instead of 90 grand correct and a lot of work to sell those now. The Jeep Grand Cherokee did originally have an MSRP of twenty eight thousand to thirty four thousand. Okay. So I guess he's laying on the fact that like I want to pay off pay this, off the car Jeep, right. right? Sure, right. But here's the thing, Joe. Yes. How much do you think ninety thousand dollars when this movie came out in ninety seven would be worth today? I'm gonna say one seventy. Did you have this written down? No. It's one hundred seventy thousand dollars. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm freaked out right now. Yeah, I nailed that. When you said one hundred seventy, I was really hoping to get a. No, you're totally wrong. It's way more. <laughs> So the fact that you got it is shocking and disappointing to me, <laughs> but I'm impressed. I'm my impressed. head was
0: going. It's probably not quite double, so I'm going to go a little bit under. Okay, I feel really good about that. I mean, this I mean, is not a joke right now. We yeah. did not talk about this. I'm really beforehand. impressed. Okay. So,
1: so 170 grand, right? Yes, that's a that's a good chunk of change. That's a lot of money. If I won that off of a donut thing, I'd be pretty yes, pretty stoked. I'd pay off my house,
0: especially if you're hard on your luck like they are with like your jobs and everything. Totally, yeah, yeah. that'd be great money exactly. for them. Exactly. Right? So I don't even know why it's a question. 90 grand is what you would take, obviously. Absolutely. Of right. course. important plot point as we'll come to here in a bit now they break down title of the movie title of the movie they have a breakdown good title by the way really kind of fitting yeah, Double very, very simple. yeah it's great they break down Kirk gets out his cell phone. Cell phone obviously doesn't work in these conditions. They're out in the middle of nowhere. And it's a 1997, like, not a brick phone, but it's a big, chunky Sure. I mean, phone. I will
1: note that my first thought was, this is a movie solved by cell phones in AAA. Correct. So major credit to them to have Kirk get out and actually try a cell yeah, phone. Try and try it out. can I, I mean, I literally, I was writing the note down as yes. it happened, and I went, all right, kudos. Yes. Yeah, kudos to them
0: for actually thinking of that. At this point, while they're looking under the hood, we hear more about their situation. Again, they're changing jobs. They don't really have any money. My first thought when I hear this conversation is, What are you doing with this new car? I know you're on a big road trip to get across the country. That thing, like you said, the MSRP is what, 30 grand on that thing back then? What are you doing? Get some piece of junk car, pay off the Jeep, use that money. If you can get it back or whatever, and just pay it off, like yeah, you, you have, they have additional debt on their heads. Why well, you do you want them? This?
1: You don't want them to have a new car. You want them to have an old car. Yeah. Or
0: and maybe they can you want get them it. to drive from Massachusetts no, 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 to no, no, California no. in a junker. I thought about this too. Rent a car to go from Massachusetts to California, then get there and buy a beater. Okay. Why do they need a brand new car if they're down on their luck and they don't have any money?
1: I mean, that's fair. It's a major plot point for them about like they discuss that a lot about how yes. they have no money and they yeah. have to pay off the car and this new house. Yeah. I don't know what renting cars would have been like in the in the late '90s. I
0: mean, I would assume you could; it would be fairly similar today, where you could rent it and drop it off from another to another location. I guess I could be wrong, but even so, there would be some other solution, I think, besides buying a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee, which is fairly Europe high end. They back bought a new
1: car and immediately put all these miles on it.
0: I'm not upset about that. I'm upset that they are down on their luck. They're changing jobs. They don't have any money, and they buy a brand new car. That's fair. Sell it or. Maybe they already had it, but if they already had it, go ahead and sell it, get the money back, and use it to pay it off or for something else. I
1: mean, you know, most of the car's value is deprecated the second you get off the lot. It's, it's
0: true. That's true. If they so, bought it brand new, which yeah. they might have. It looks like they the, did. It does, because it looks really good, as you said. So, anyway, just a little nitpick for me. I just, <laughs> and we learn more about it in the movie, like the guys are attracted to them as terms of like a, a couple they could. They could do this, too, because they look like they have a lot of money. They look yeah, like they Yeah, they have money, wealthy. and they're
1: definitely out of town. They're, yeah. they're not sure where they're at. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And it's like, look, go something with, you know, that's cheaper, that's uh, inconspicuous, whatever. Anyway, they're broken down. The same truck that Kurt almost hit passes them. The truck pulls over and just sits on the side of the road. Yeah,
1: very creepy. Very they, ominous. I was going
0: to say that, too. It's very creepy. Like, if you just see it pull over. And it's like, it almost feels like it's a ghost car or something that's just following them because you don't see the drivers. It's in the distance and it's just sitting there and they're like, oh no, what is this guy going to do? Thankfully, quotes, thankfully, right? a trucker, a semi-truck pulls up behind them. The driver gets out. He looks at the car with them. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. He's like, hey, you yeah, know. JT Walsh. Let me, Yeah, JT yeah. Walsh pulls up. He says, hey, you want me to help me get you over to the side of the road? So he helps them push it. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Like he really wants to help. He looks at the car, he can't really tell what's going on, but he says, you know what, it might be overheated if you're driving it too fast, which as we know, Kurt was driving at 85 miles an hour like a maniac. This is the first point in the movie where I start to raise up out of my seat and go, what are you doing? Right. Now, you know what I'm going to get to here. J.T. Walsh, can't remember his name, but in the movie, we'll just call him Trucker. Red, maybe? I think it's Red. Red barns or something like that right I don't know. yeah actually a red barn. it
1: might it might actually be <laughs> it red 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 barns.
0: it's something very simple like that so red yes. offers them a ride to bell's diner which yes. is 30 miles down the road uh-huh. we'll assume it was in the direction they were going sure, sure. whatever they initially say as a couple they're not going to take the ride which fair enough stay with your car wait till someone else comes by maybe a cop or whatever who knows maybe you'll have you maybe you'll get lucky kurt's wife Amy turns to him and says, you know what? I'm thinking, we don't want to miss this ride. This is like, we need some help out here. We're stranded. Kurt looks at her. They have a little bit of a conversation about it. He says, well, then what do I do? And she's like, well, you could stay here with the car. And he's like, "Uh, okay, let's do that. He goes for it. He lets her by herself. In 1997,
1: which we already know, Joe, from escape from new york that the crime rates yes 90s weren't exactly great yeah
0: yeah they were escalating (laughs) this was like mad max (laughs) so they decide again this is 1997 not great cell phones he doesn't know this guy from adam let's let the wife go with the trucker we don't know kurt's gonna stay with the car question for you ian what are you doing in this situation yeah you probably thought i was gonna ask you this i bet
1: oh i d- i mean i thought about you this thought about watching it. the movie you yeah. cannot not you think about you it you can't not not think about it yeah, yeah. if you're going to t- if anyone's taking a ride if you're, going you're to taking go a ride together if right. you're not taking a ride you don't take a ride together right i cannot imagine a world of being like okay we're gonna split up here and you're just gonna go off and we yes. don't have any way of communicating because the cell phone doesn't work already it's crazy. all this here's what here's what annoys me the most joe right there was a comment earlier about, like, oh, what you need out here is a CB. Yes. That trucker can absolutely call in with his CB to somebody right. for help.
0: He he can. Here's, I think they mentioned though, I think it's, is it when the cop shows up later that he blew a fuse on his CB? Oh, I missed that. I think they mentioned that, which I is mean, a good workaround if, if they say it. I think they say it, but I could be wrong. Maybe. Anyways,
1: yeah. It's insane that, they, that she just goes off with this guy. It, it is
0: absolutely insane. It's so
1: and the whole thing is that Kurt doesn't want to leave the car, which I get. He's afraid. That these guys are gonna mess up his car. Right, that's his main concern though. He doesn't want to leave this truck, this car that they have all this money into, with all their possessions in it. Exactly. But I'm either staying together or leaving together, and they don't really have a whole lot of options. Even if another car comes later, it's the same
0: situation. You still have to make the same decision. Same same situation. Exactly. I'm with you. I'm going together with him. Which, given we know how the story plays out... Maybe could, it wouldn't be the best, but... Maybe, yeah, exactly. But if that ever happens to me, we're going together. Yeah. Even in 2024, we're going together. Yeah. Totally. We're not leaving each other. Okay, anyway, we had to dig into that for a second because that is a major question. So Kurt is waiting for, we'll say, a half hour. We see him as he's waiting. He gets a little curious. He just starts digging around in his car. He ends up looking under his car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He sees that there are two wires that are just randomly disconnected. I don't know what these are but he reconnects them very easily.
1: Yeah. What two wires? Like all those systems go any wire? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Un, under the undercarriage, they're just hanging there disconnected. And are clipped together the way those were. Those, Correct. Those work. Like you could just slide them back together. Right. No idea. But anyway, he reconnects them, starts the car immediately, starts right up. He fixed it. Oh, yeah. cool. Great. All right. We fixed that. Heads to the diner. This is where things get really interesting. And the, really the plot starts to thicken. Something is immediately up. No one has seen his wife. She's not there. He asked the owner of the diner, have they seen her? No one says they've seen anyone that matches that description. Where the heck is she? This is the only Bell's diner. There's not another one around. Obviously, there's no way that the trucker would have got confused. What is happening? Oh, this is
1: nightmare fuel.
0: This is where the hair on my neck starts to stand up. Oh, absolutely. What is going on? The trucker seemed nice. It's not that far. It's not that much longer later. She has to be here or be close. No one's seen her. What is happening? And major props to Kurt
1: he starts to play this increasing anxiety. Yes. Very very subtly. Yes. Right. He doesn't just like fly off the handle. He doesn't act nonchalant you can feel the tension begin to rise in this diner yes. and it's very unsettling.
0: It is very unsettling. Like a couple of, it's a very much like almost like he's walking into a saloon where like the people just kind of look over the shoulder at him. No one's really yeah, freaking he's out. He's an outsider. He doesn't belong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he and talks, he doesn't look like he belongs. He looks like a total preppy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He talks with the guy behind the counter. The guy's fairly agreeable where he's like, Hey, would you mind if you see her, could you tell her to wait here? And he goes like, sure. Kurt leaves, tells people at the diner to keep it out for her. very understandable. He's driving his car to the next town, which is kind of, that's kind of his next best guess. Like maybe they want him to the next town. Who knows? He spots the same semi that she hits to ride with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He drives up to it and he's like, oh, this is it. Okay. All right. Jackpot. Maybe she's still in there. It's the same driver. This time wearing sunglasses. So we know something's up now because he's wearing sunglasses. Something, something's <laughs> weird. He looks evil. I guess so. He looks down at Kurt yep. as they're passing each other. Doesn't smile. Doesn't wave. He looks at him with like a stone, just straight face. And that's it. And Kurt's like, what are you doing? He's honking at him. The guy won't pull over. Kurt cuts the guy off to get him to stop. And the guy's like, what are you doing, buddy? And Kurt's trying to, he starts talking to him. He's like, hey, man, where's my wife? Did you pick? And he's like, buddy, I don't know what you're talking about. And they have a long exchange where Kurt is trying to tell this guy and ask him, find out where his wife is. And the guy is just oblivious. And as a viewer, I remember the first time I watched this and I was like, what is going on? Is there like a... This is his twin. There's some conspiracy. Is there something supernatural going on here? I had no idea. And the guy, given the fact that J.T. Walsh is a great actor, he really sells it. He's like, look, man, I oh, don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I've never met you before. I don't know who your wife is. Maybe she left you. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not your guy. I have written down here one of the most chilling pieces of dialogue in the movie is when Kurt just looks him dead in the eye and he goes, what are you doing? And this is where things to me get really freaky. You had
1: a brief moment of hope because yes. he finds the truck and then it's completely dashed and it's just absolutely terrifying.
0: Yes. Because it's a hundred percent dead
1: end. Like, what is he going to
0: do? Yeah. What's he, he going to do? He can't prove anything. You yeah. didn't take a picture. There's no phone call. There's no evidence of anything. Yeah. It makes me think like at this point, do you start doubting yourself? Are you going crazy? What's going on? Police officer shows up kind of out of nowhere. He just yeah. happens to show up. Right. Which is great. Kurt flags him down. Kurt tells him what's going on. Understandably, he's upset because he thinks his wife has been kidnapped or she's lost or whatever. The police officer searches the truck. There's no sign of her anywhere, in the cab, in the trailer, nowhere. There's just some random boxes. They're just saying that, like, maybe Kurt got the truck mixed up, something like that. The police officer's like, oh, did she leave you? Did you get in a fight? And Kurt's like, what are you talking about? He starts losing it. And at this point, kind of flying off the handle because he's like, no, we're happy. She got onto this truck maybe a half an hour ago. I don't know where she is. This man is lying. And so they have a pretty heated exchange, and it gives me anxiety just watching it. This is... Really gripping stuff, and Kurt's really good at this point, selling the fact that he does not know what to do. He's about to lose it. What was going through your mind?
1: The truck driver felt suspicious, like he was in on something that was dirty. It did not feel like he was a twin or something like that. Yeah, it felt to me, oh, this guy is putting on an act so he can get away with something. Right? This is a setup of some kind. They wanted to interact. Yeah. With this character again. Yeah. Otherwise, it was just the sense of terror. Of, yeah. What if I was Kurt in this situation? Yeah. I would be losing my mind. Yeah. You can't Absolute quit losing thinking it. about it. I would be so scared. Especially yes. because the cop doesn't really respond. Yeah. Understandably, he's like, what can I do? There's no evidence yeah. there's, of it. There's, there's, there's nothing. nothing. You could be a crazy person. Yeah. If you are the person who has lost a significant other, it would be horrifying.
0: Yeah. Did you think at this moment the cop could be in on it?
1: I did. It definitely felt that way. The way he shows up, the way he kind of slides and hops out of the patrol car, it felt very, very suspicious. Yeah, it did.
0: It did. So the trucker just has a freedom to leave, understandably. The cop tells him to go see his deputy, which Kurt does in the next town up. The deputy, for lack of a better term, is not the most encouraging in this interaction. The
1: worst bedside manner you could ever have. He's basically just like, yeah, your wife is kind of dead man. I mean, maybe not, but probably. Yeah, there's
0: really nothing we can do. We don't find anybody. If we see anything, we'll let you know. And Kurt's looking at like 100 pictures of missing individuals. Which was
1: really poignant like a great yes, was. setup for that scene to have mm-hmm. all those posters up there yep. to really drive home that you're never going to find this person yeah
0: you're never going to find her this could happen all the time in this area who knows kurt goes back to bells understandably good move go back there see yeah. if she was dropped off there in the meantime maybe she went there on her own maybe she got who knows he's freaking out at this point He's talking to people. He goes in the bathroom. There's a woman throwing up in there. Who knows what that's about? I have no idea. Well,
1: I, I think they kind of tell me like, oh, well, there's somebody in the bathroom. So he busts in there because he thinks it's his wife who's sick. And yeah. And it's not. And they all kind of laugh at him. It's just
0: a woman throwing up. Yeah. yeah. So who knows?
1: Which is even worse is that he gets this momentary hope that maybe his wife is in yeah. there and she's just sick. Yep. Yeah, and it's, and it's just a prank that everybody exactly.
0: pulled on him. Exactly. He sees the owner of the diner behind the counter going through the order slips and thinks, okay. Maybe her name's in there. So he goes up there and him and the guy that owns the diner get in a fight because Kurt's like, let me see those slips. Give them to me. You see, she was in here. You would have given her an order and yeah, her name would be on there. Her name's not in there. The guy that owns the diner behind the counter pulls a gun on him because Kurt's kind of losing it at this point. Kurt goes outside to the payphone, starts to make a call. Billy comes up. He's talking kind of repeating himself. And Kurt hears him say something about, it's your wife they took. Okay. And Kurt's like, say that again. He says like they they took her. Tony, they took her. And they have an exchange where Kurt's like I've got something here. This guy knows something. Kurt goes over to him, tries to corner him and find out what this guy knows about what's going on. And as he starts to hear more, you see the owner of the diner in the background standing there next to his door. So what is he on it? And then Billy says even the cops are in on it. So at this point, my mind is racing with how far does this thing extend? Yeah, everybody's going in on this on? thing. Everybody's in yeah, on it. You can't, can't trust in the state anybody. Of, like Kansas or Utah, wherever, Moab. I don't know wherever they are. Okay, so everyone around is in on this thing. It's, it really starts at this in this movie. It starts to feel like a conspiracy. Kurt leaves, gets in his Grand Cherokee, goes on the road, pulls up to a dead end. Oh no, what is this? And it's just like a gate, chain yeah, link fence construction. Something next, going on next to a river. Yeah, something's going on. And then behind him, you see it is the guy he ran into at the gas station in the cowboy hat. The guy pulls up twenty feet from him gets out of his truck, pulls out a gun. A rifle, like a hunting rifle. A hunting rifle. And he's like, get out of the truck. Put your hands in the air. Kurt decides, no way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to get in my Jeep, blow through this dead end fence, and try to take off down the road. Good move because the guy would have had him dead to rights. He basically did. But why doesn't that guy shoot at him right there? I don't know.
1: He doesn't take a shot there like twenty feet away. I don't know. And he just watches Kurt get back in the car and I don't know. Maybe
0: it's easier to dispose of the body if he has him like in the truck when he kills him. I I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, good for Kurt. He gets away. (laughs) Briefly, Kurt approaches the river in his truck, and he's at basically another dead end where he can't go anywhere, decides to drive down a cliff. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Into the river,
0: a a significant downhill, which is fine. He's in a Jeep. He's got nowhere to go. I don't know what else I would do. I I, I might do the same thing. I would panic too. Yeah, Yeah. just drive down towards the river. It's fine. Goes down the river. His Jeep starts floating down the river, which I don't know much about the physics of that. It looks believable to me that it would actually float. My understanding is that's all real. They actually did that. That's crazy to me. The guy with the gun is now on foot chasing him, trying to get a shot at him while Kurt is trying to get out of his Jeep as it's going down the river. This movie is insane to me. Yeah. Like, it never lets up. It never lets up. And for the record, that was all real.
1: Kurt was in... That's insane. ...in the Jeep in that scene getting out of it, he had a little like, bottle with him that had about 45 minutes of air if he got stuck he got for caught. some reason. So that's terrifying alone and it's just him filming it. But yeah, he was actually in that trying to escape from the Jeep to do that scene.
0: That is insane. Yeah. And this is all real. You can tell, as you said, they did all this. There's an actual Jeep in the water. There's shots where the camera's in the Jeep as it's taking on water. Yeah. There's shots of Kurt in the Jeep as that's happening. It's crazy. Like yeah. you feel like you were in the moment with him. The guy's shooting at him as he's trying to get out of the Jeep. We now see as the guy with the cowboy hat is in pursuit, a new guy enters the scene. Big guy with a beard in a trucker hat. He's in like a small kind of ice truck or something. I don't oh, know, yeah, what, don't it know is. what it is. Yeah, yeah, who knows? So now we know there's at least three people in on this the trucker at the beginning who gave Kurt's wife a ride, cowboy hat guy, and new big guy with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we think Kurt got away because he gets to the shore, but he looks over as he's taking a break on the shore and trying to assess his surroundings and figure out what he's going to do. We now see, in an instant, Billy, yep. the kid, who is telling him where to go, Billy the, kid,
1: Billy the kid, is
0: over his shoulder with, a, I think, a shotgun, hits Kurt right in the face with the butt of it, knocks him out. Yeah. Scene transition, wakes up in the trunk of a car. All three of those guys are standing, looking at him. He's like, where's my wife, all this stuff. We soon find out that his wife told these men, that there is a specific dollar amount they have in the bank Mm -hmm. that he can get for them. And then they say to Kurt, unless you can tell us what that specific dollar amount was, we're going to kill you. Yeah. And Kurt doesn't know what they're talking about. And then the guy in the cowboy hat goes, see, I told you, he wasn't no donut king. And then Kurt puts it together and he's like, donut, the contest, my wife told him. And he goes, 90,000. We have 90,000 in the account. And they're like, son of a gun, that's the right number. And so now... It's all about greed at this point. They just want to get the cash. They bring him out, walk him over to like the edge of a cliff or something where we see the original truck driver who took his wife and this guy gives him the lowdown. Yeah, we took your wife. This is the situation. You want to see her? You want to live? You need to get us that money. Go down to that town that's right over the ridge. It looks like Mayberry or something. There's like 20 (laughs) buildings. and it's like like, super tiny. yeah, Yeah, exactly. They tell Kurt... You need to go down there. Give us that money, or we're gonna kill you and your wife. Yeah. This entire situation, every minute, it's something else here that makes it more stressful. Kurt goes to the bank. He's sweaty. He's yeah. dirty. He's losing his mind. He doesn't know what to do. He's scared. He's afraid. He's angry. All this stuff. How long has it been? He was in the water. He should be soaking wet. Yeah, he should be soaking wet. I don't. That's a great. His hair question. looks great. His hair looks great throughout the entire movie. It's even a little bit disheveled, but it looks really good. Anyway, Sorry. Continue. You're good. You're good. We still don't know who's in on this thing, but Kurt strolls into the bank, and he starts to tell the teller, I need this much money. He wants to get out all the money he has in his account, and he only has like a few thousand dollars that he can yeah. even get because of that short of notice, and they don't have that much money anyway, so he's he doesn't know what to do. The teller at that point is listening to Kurt's story, and there's a look on the teller's face like he can't tell if he believes him or not, so we don't, maybe the teller's in on it. And as soon as Kurt's about to tell him the full story about what's going on, there's another guy that comes up, puts his hands on the desk right next to Kurt, and is asking the same teller about, like, a car loan or something. Yeah. At that point, you're like, well, that guy might be in on it, too. He's right here. He's kind of looking at Kurt. Oh, he absolutely
1: felt like he was in on it. Yeah.
0: He's kind of dressed like a bad guy. He's wearing black, like a leather jacket and jeans or something. Now, a little, little smart idea, a little epiphany Kurt has here. You see on the desk next to him, you see a letter opener. And you see a series of what do you call those things? Like were, money bands. Money bands, yeah, yeah. And they say like 1,500, whatever. We cut to Kurt walking up to the payphone after this bank exchange. Kurt walks up. The bad guys tell him to meet him at a railroad right down the street. Soon enough, as he's walking down the railroad, cowboy hat guy appears in a truck. Yep. Cowboy hat guy gets him in the truck. Duct tapes Kurt's hands together. Kurt has other ideas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his hands duct tape together, duct tape together behind his back. Cowboy hat guy starts looking through the money. And as soon as he sees that this is just a stack of ones with some 50s around it, he's like, what's going on? Kurt gets the upper hand on him, stabs the guy in the yeah, throat or the shoulder. Like, it looks, looks like a b- pretty
1: bad stabbing. It looks
0: really bad. Like he could like, might hit an artery. Right. Then tapes the guy to the passenger seat, tapes his neck mm-hmm. around the headrest, tapes the guy's hands together, starts torturing him by driving the truck like 80 miles an hour, slamming on the brakes. And and choking the guy. Yeah, very effective. Very effective. And one of the better lines in the movie where Kurt says, Oh, I bet this thing stops on a bleeping dime. Yeah. Like he's really, he's mad. He's got the guy and he's trying to get as much information as he can. Cop shows back up at this point. What are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah, exactly. Kurt gets out of the truck. He tries to talk to the cop about what's going on. The cop gets out his gun, understandably, because you got a guy in the truck tied up. Kurt's freaking out. Kurt's got a gun in his hand. Kurt has a gun. Yeah. And then as the cop's trying to control the situation, the guy in the cowboy hat gets out, shoots the cop, and as soon as Kurt gets away, you think the guy with the cowboy hat is going to kill Kurt because Kurt goes down this hill. But thankfully, this cowboy hat guy <laughs> is trying to shoot Kurt the cop gets off one last shot, kills cowboy hat guy. So that's yeah. one of our guys down. Kurt really doesn't know what to do at this point. He can't really do anything like offer any medical attention to the guy. He's not a doctor. The cop, I mean. I guess. It I seems gu- like I he could have done something. He could have done something. He just leaves him in the road. Yeah. And he tells the cop, they're coming.
1: Yeah, they're coming for you. Right, And then
0: he leaves. So who knows what's going to happen with the cop. I like that's, to believe the cop survived. I do too. I really hope that's the case. Because you thought he was a bad guy the whole right. time. And it turns out he wasn't. Exactly. Exactly. Kurt heads to the truck stop on the highway, which the cowboy hat guy told him was where they typically meet up to exchange money or take their victims or whatever. Massive stroke of luck here. Massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. As Kurt is walking up to the truck stop, there is a payphone. He sees the gentleman who took his wife initially and... In, on that payphone, and he over—he he overhears a conversation. He talks about how there's too much heat on us. I don't know what's going on. I'm hearing something about a, an officer down. We need to get out of here. I'll drive. We can drive all night if we have to. Kurt is trying to figure out what to do. He's looking around the not parking lot, but truck stop. He jumps onto his truck under some sort of under some sort of bracket that's underneath. It looks it. like
1: you put a tire there. I yeah. don't know what. It, I, so, I I seriously I was looking up diagrams of what that is. Asian trailers. And right. I could not find out what it was.
0: Yeah, it's something that's hanging down on the. Uh, under the undercarriage it's like a frame of some kind it's just big enough for a person to fit right. <laughs> right on and it's almost like a shell for a frame yeah and then in my opinion <laughs> comes the most thrilling sequence in the movie this is it's kind of similar to raiders of lost ark where he's yes, under the I truck wrote down, Do you i have got that some down? real yeah.
1: indiana jones vibes or speed yes.
0: one of those two yes very similar so yeah. instead of just riding under that thing under the truck which rightfully so because that would be very dangerous he walks across the side of the semi the whole time trying to not be seen by the bad guy He eventually, by chance, just barely makes it to the gap between the cab and the truck. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trucker drives all night. We assume that's probably an eight-hour drive that Kurt Russell's just sitting there between the cab and the trailer. Yeah, it's dark by the time they get there. It's dark by the time. It's It's, it's like 4 or 5 a.m. And this is where things, to me, got even more eerie and kind of disturbing. So the trucker pulls up to his house, and we find out this trucker being a horrible kidnapper, murderer, right? all these things, has a sweet family. Yeah, shocking. His wife walks out. He's got a little kid. He's probably 12 years old. He gives his kid a present. He gives him a Swiss Army knife. He's hugging his wife. He seems like a good guy. He tells them, okay, if y'all can just head in and get breakfast ready, i have got some stuff we got to take care of in the barn with the boys. So the other guys that were part of this uh, conspiracy – followed him out to his house and so now you have all of them in the same location mm-hmm. which is good for kurt very good for yeah kurt. all right they all go into the house kurt sneaks into the barn as quiet as a mouse mm-hmm. okay trying to not uh, cause a stir he sees a lot of license plates lots of cameras lots of stuff from other people that they've probably done this to which is first of all freaking weird he's sneaking around big guy with beard and billy the kid show up and we hear them talking about their past crimes just casually. They're like, wow, man, we should have just killed them both like we did that couple in Ohio or right. something. Like, like, it's so eerie. It's the
1: big reveal, though. That, like, they've yes. just been doing this to a bunch of people. Yeah, like and, they, been, and they just straight up killed these people.
0: Yeah, they just killed them. Like, take whatever they have, take their money, take their belongings, whatever. And they've been doing this who knows how long. And it's disturbing. At this point, hidden in some sort of box or something in mm-hmm. a bag, they pull them out. And we are hoping, we're crossing our fingers that that is Kurt Russell's wife. They take the uh, bag off of her head and you see that it is her. Kurt Russell's looking to her from like, uh, he's at the top of the barn where they keep the hay and he's looking through a hole. She sees him. So they have a nice moment there where it's like, okay, she thinks there's some hope because he could get her. They put her in a cellar with like a freezer in it. Basically, she's going to run out of oxygen in like 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, they're going to lock her in a freezer. And just kill her.
0: Yeah. yeah, kill her, suffocate her. And they're just going to go have pancakes.
1: They all, they're <laughs> yeah. literally
0: talking about pancakes yeah. as they're doing this. So they go to the house and Kurt... Immediately tries to find something to open the cellar door.
1: He absolutely could
0: have found a tool that yes. would have
1: pried open that lock.
0: Yes. He 100%. Could have. He could have done it. He definitely could. I
1: appreciate have. for the plot of the movie. Yeah. He can't. He can't.
0: And so he has to go get them to open it.
1: But he absolutely yeah. could have gotten right. that. Pried he definitely open. could have.
0: He could have got like anything. Something. I get that he didn't want to cause any noise. Sure. But she could. She, she's suffocating in there. Like, yeah. you need to get her out. Right, you don't have right, time. Right, you don't have time to find like the perfect thing or have them go open it. Kurt goes into the house while they're eating breakfast, pancakes. He looks like a madman. Totally. Like, he is, he's been on the road all night. He's frantic. He looks like he's lost his mind. He's wild-eyed. He has the gun. He's pointing it at them. My heart is pounding as oh. I'm watching this movie. Pounding. What state of mind are you in while you're watching this? Oh, it's very intense. And my first thought was, I
1: think I probably just shot every single one of them. <laughs> I just yeah. would have shot them. Yeah. Because once they're gone, once they're dead or, or otherwise dispatched, then the risk is gone. Yeah. I
0: and think I would have shot all of them except the wife and kid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. wife and kid, no. Yeah. But everybody else,
0: 100%, Eliminate my them. first
1: thought was, I'm just going to blow
0: all everyone their away. faces off. Yeah. Kurt doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. <laughs> okay. But we need the story. We need more drama in the story. Kurt's holding up everyone. We think he's got him." The son walks in behind him with a rifle drawn on him. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is all we need. The parents of the son, especially the dad, the bad guy, the main bad guy, are like, just shoot him, son. Shoot him. I told you to protect your mom and me at all costs. Squeeze that trigger. And you th- and you think he's going to do it. Oh, it looks yeah. like he's going to do it. Yeah. Kurt gets close enough. He knocks the rifle away, which causes uh, chaos in the kitchen. Billy, the kid, runs away. He gets out. Kurt quickly tries to get a handle on the situation, and he has the main bad guy. He's got the gun to his head, and he's like, I'm going to kill you, and I'll kill everyone here if you don't get my wife out of here. Yeah. And the main bad guy's wife is like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's like, very clear.
1: She did not know that she has no idea. any of This was happening.
0: Obviously which son doesn't know is either. bizarre
1: because they yes. have all these valuables in the barn. Yes. Why isn't that concerning? Yeah. Why doesn't she know all anything about personal that? belongings are yeah. in there and she doesn't ask any questions. She has but no questions It's clear about that, she, that this is all crazy to her. Yeah.
0: It's absolutely crazy to her, which is again, the most eerie and disturbing thing about the movie to me, that this guy has the most quintessential double life you could ever lead. So he takes them all to the barn at gunpoint tells them to get his wife out of the freezer while the wife of the bad guy is like what's he talking about red the main bad guy goes down to get his wife out of the freezer she's in there she's still alive thankfully it's like oh my gosh she's still alive he locks the entire family and everyone that's with them in the basement but billy's still out there with the gun
1: yeah and it's a great scene when he makes them go down into the cellar the main bad guy read he goes to have like a little one-liner like a little snippy line and kirk kicks him right in the face
0: yes and kicks him down the stairs Kicks him down the stairs yeah and I it's love a great that. line he
1: doesn't even let him get it out like nothing gets out this guy's yeah. mouth he literally kicks him in the face as he and should. locks him shut yeah
0: he's saying something like no matter where you go i'll blah blah, blah and he just, yeah, kicks, he just him kicks him right, him in, the right in the face it's awesome. it's awesome it, it makes you feel really good as a, as a viewer at that <laughs> a, moment. it does yeah Kurt and his wife, Amy, they're trying to find the keys to a car to get out of there. They go to like a, another building on the uh, lot somewhere. Yeah. There's another house or trailer or something. But Billy the kid has a gun and he goes and lets the bad guys out of the cellar as Kurt and his wife are trying to get away. There's a chase. The main bad guy is in a semi truck <laughs> yep. again. Kurt is in a really crappy truck that they somehow get started, and they barely get away from the semi-truck guy. He almost plows through them, kills them both. Out of nowhere, boom, Billy the Kid appears in a Trans Am, very fast vehicle. He has a shotgun out the window, and he's shooting into their truck to try to kill him. And then, as they're trying to outrun him, the big guy in a beard appears on the other side of them. Behind them is now the semi, so they literally have them boxed in. This is where Kurt starts to take things into his own hands. Sure. He hits Billy the Kid in the Trans Am, causes him to fishtail, car flips, blows up immediately. Explodes. Yes. It absolutely explodes. It bursts into flames immediately. Explodes, yes.
1: And I lost it. I started laughing so hard because the yes. rest of this movie feels very realistic. Yes, it does. In all their ways. But when yeah. that car explodes, I was like, "Yeah, it's okay, like, okay, this is a little over
0: the top. One thing I appreciate about that explosion, though, you see it start... On the undercarriage because the car is upside down. Yeah. So the fire starts up there almost like in a pool where the fuel's leaked out. And then it just automatically blows up the pressure. uh, So the only thing about that that's the reason I like it is because typically in any other movie the car would just blow up. But they show at least had some sort of origin, like a fuel tank or whatever, but still absurd. So we don't have to worry about Billy Kidd anymore. He's gone, he's blown up. The trucker is chasing them, and Kurt is trying to outmaneuver him. And the trucker eventually jackknifes his trailer because mm-hmm. he just loses control of the trailer. The trailer literally starts sliding off the yeah. back end of the, of the actual uh, cab, which is nuts. The big guy with the beard just <laughs> goes straight through oh, the trailer. He dukes a hazards that yes. thing. Like, he goes straight through it. I don't think his car blows up. No, you just see goes him crash through through the it. back of it, and
1: it kind of cuts yeah. to the next part. And we
0: assume he's gone. He's dead. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, but it's a, it's a pretty impressive stunt where it just slides off, and then that guy goes through it. And then the bad guy is still in his actual uh, tractor trailer truck. He's still in pursuit. So now we just have him to deal with. They get to a bridge. The semi hits Kurt's truck, causing him to go sideways. And he starts pushing the truck with Kurt and his wife in the cab into the guardrail and tries to push them off the bridge, yep. which probably should happen pretty quickly if this weren't a movie. The main bad guy, Red, is working really hard to push them over the edge. He's like, he literally at one point is like, like that. You hear him like grunt and like yell because he thinks he's got the upper hand on him. Yeah. Okay. Looks like Kurt and his wife are done for. Kurt, like the freaking man that he is, as his wife is pinned in the truck, he gets out of the truck. Runs around, gets in the cab with the bad guy, starts to try to steer it over to the bridge where he is no longer uh, going to be pushing the yeah. his truck off the, the bridge. The semi then, with both of them in it, falls off the bridge. Mm-hmm. It gets hung up on I don't know what. Some sort of beam. Some sort of beam yeah, that's sticking beam. straight up out of the bridge. The truck is literally vertical, hanging by its back wheels off of this beam and there's like, I don't know, a 90 foot drop into some rocky creek, basically. Kurt has to climb out of the cab to get back onto the bridge. He's still in the cab. Yeah. Like he's he's stuck there, and the bridge is 12 feet up behind he's him. He's not in the cab, Joe. Oh, no. He's on he the front of the He crashes through he's the windshield
1: a and is holding onto the windshield wiper. Yes.
0: He's holding on the windshield, and the other guy's in the cab at that point. He kind of goes
1: up the back. Part yes, of the cab, he goes out, out the, the back out of the back, back truck, door yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he's going up. Kurt catches him, trips him up, like grabs his foot. Kurt rightfully and satisfyingly <laughs> punches the bad guy in the face a good few times, almost knocks him out. Some really good punches we get from Kurt. The bad guy kicks Kurt back off the truck, off the bridge, and now bad guy wants to just completely eliminate Kurt for good. He gets this random chain that's hanging off the back of his uh, his truck, grabs it, starts swinging it down at Kurt to just break his hands and make him fall to his death. This to me, when I was a kid, I could not understand this part because I did not have a brain for physics. But he swings it one more time. Kurt grabs the chain. And then the bad guy has the chain stuck to his hand because he wrapped it around it to make it be more secure. And as soon as Kurt grabs that chain, the bad guy looks at it and Kurt looks at it. And they're both like, oh. And then Kurt just through leverage just pulls him down into the the, uh, creek. Kurt gets out of there as fast as he can. The truck is still on the bridge. The pickup truck is still on the bridge. He gets his wife out. They look down over the edge of the bridge. And guess what? The bad guy moves his arm. They looks like he's still breathing. And Kurt's kind of analyzing the situation for a second. And out of nowhere, his wife over his shoulder just grabs the shifter in the truck, puts it into neutral, I assume. The truck careens over the bridge, falls down, immediately crushes him and kills him. Yeah. Which is very satisfying. It's amazing. It's a great death for that guy. In the original script, Joe? Yes. Jeff was supposed to drop the truck on the villain. Oh, interesting.
1: But Kurt suggested instead, like while they were filming. Great suggestion. That it should actually be
0: Amy. That is a really good suggestion.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing suggestion. And it should have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, the look she has when she grabs that shifter is amazing.
0: It really is like she is purely in revenge mode.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Pure vengeance.
0: Her state of mind in this, I cannot fathom. And rightfully so. She pulls that thing and just kills him immediately. After that, we have a very somber ending. Uh, camera pulls out. It's quiet. There's no one else around. They're just sitting on the bridge holding each other. Yeah. It's very quiet. No words are spoken. You just hear violins, wide shot of the bridge, and fade. To black yeah we don't know what's going to happen in the future it's a very quick ending to get people in and out of the theaters yep it feels again similar to those like 90s endings where they just cut off as soon as the conflict was resolved you feel satisfied because they won but you also still feel just the weight of this experience as you're coming out of the end of the movie yeah
1: like, it's just adrenaline all the way to the last way, second Then yeah. there's like maybe 30 seconds of that wrap like up relief. of them kind of like hugging on the bridge and then like i said to go straight to black and that's it Yeah, that's that's the end.
0: It is a tight thriller. Like, there is no fat on this movie. No. You open up. You get a little bit of character development with him and his wife. Things are set in motion very quickly. Kurt tries to figure out what's going on. He catches them. He kills them. And then cut to black. We're out of there. It is crazy. Like, it is the definition of just a lean, mean movie. It's a
1: nail-biter movie. I found myself very engaged the entire time I was watching it.
0: Yeah, it is a... Really well done movie. Holds up extremely well. I very much suggest it for anyone who likes like a thriller or kind of, kind of not a horror, but some something kind of a contemporary. Yeah, to that. a
1: little so, scary, little yeah. a little nerve wracking. A little nerve wracking. Yeah, for sure. That's right. the movie.
0: Yeah. I've talked long enough. What let's, a journey.
1: What a journey this has been. Yes, it has. Together. I've had Joe. a
0: breakdown just talking about yeah. this Yes. <laughs> so uh,
1: maybe we take a little bit of a breather.
0: Yes. Let's take a break and we will get back with our rules and other thoughts about the movie.
1: All right. We are back.
0: Back in action.
1: Yep. This is one of our favorite parts of the episode, Joe. Yep. It's short, but we love it. Yep. We're going to be rating Kurt's performance in Breakdown on the Goldie scale, which is, of course, named after the one and only Goldie Hawn. Yep. Each episode, we ask ourselves, what would Goldie think mm-hmm. of this performance? Mm-hmm. And given our track record, she'll think it's between a 7 and a 10, probably. That's exactly right. Yep. Pretty So, high. Joe, how do you think our man did in this one?
0: I'm just going to come out of the gate swinging here. I give him a 9. Okay. This is a very solid performance by him. Again, it's something you and I at least haven't really seen from him in so many of the other movies we've watched. He is undeniably effective in the role. You believe him in terms of his arc, how he goes from a mild-mannered, fun-loving, kind of endearing husband to a frantic... At his wits end, trying to locate his wife, and it is nail-biting and gripping, and I think it is not nearly as effective as a thriller without his performance driving the entire thing. So I'm going to give it high marks. We give it a 9 out of 10.
1: I totally agree. I'm going to give Kurt a solid 9.25 nice. on this. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's a solid performance, like you said. He's carrying the entire movie here. Yes, he is. There aren't any scenes without him in it. He does a great job with the action stuff. A lot of it is his own stunt work. Mm -hmm. Then he's got the dramatic scenes, which he's really, really good at. He amps up the suspense and the fear and the anxiety really well over the course of this movie, and he knocks it out of the park. It's a really worthy performance from an otherwise kind of unknown movie in many Mm -hmm. regards, Mm-hmm. And so, in my opinion, everybody should watch this. Even though we just spoiled the entire plot for you, if you didn't go <laughs> listen to it first, yeah, uh, which we warned you about, you should go watch it. It is such a solid movie, yeah. And so, a nine and a nine point two five that gives us a nine point one two five, nailed, it. which is a very interesting and unique rating for us.
0: <laughs> but it's very, very well deserved. Well deserved. He's he knocks it out of the park in this. I'm going to ask you one other quick question. Yeah, this was your first time watching it. First time. You and I talked a little bit about it beforehand we sure the did. type of movie it was going to be. Was anything about it surprising to you? Anything about Kurt? Anything about the story? I don't know that I had any expectations going into
1: it, mm-hmm. but it did surprise me. I think hmm. I really do appreciate Kurt's skill set and his yep. acting chops. Yep. And what I like about the movies we've looked at so far is that they've all been so different. And this, yeah. is, again, is very, very different. And yep. this one, what I really appreciated is how well he can do... Drama, yes, and a dramatic role, yes. So that did surprise me a little bit. Yeah. Not necessarily like, oh, I can't believe this guy could actually do this, but just to see it play out and to see the quality of it was really, really surprising. It was awesome when it started off, and he seemed very unsure, yes, as an individual. I wasn't sure where this was gonna go, and if it was gonna be those ones where it just kind of was like a light switch and a flip, because I feel yeah. like you get that sometimes in these thriller type action movies. Where it's like a taken type of thing, yeah. and it's like oh, a really mild-mannered guy, and then he just flips a switch and turns into this yeah. you know guy that can just do whatever. Yeah. This was different. This felt like he was a regular person mm-hmm. who's having to find something deep within and is terrified, and he showed that terror and that anxiety yeah. when he's in that barn. I know, and he's sweating and he's fearful. I mean you can feel it. You can feel it's palpable. Yeah, so yeah. I totally get why he was exhausted doing this movie because it seemed like he really did take on
0: He put a lot into it. All yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like he you can see it. Like he put a lot of his like mental, emotional, physical energy into pretty much every part of the
1: movie. And that's why I think yeah. people should watch this movie. It's really hard talking about it to get across yeah. how suspenseful this movie really was yeah. and
0: how palpable that energy is yeah. the entire time. And how just gripping it is as a story because it it, on its face you're like uh what's the big deal his wife gets kidnapped he has to find her no it's super simple yeah. yeah but at the same time like the conspiracy they're building around it the the fact that he is so effective in it the fact that all the performances are just really good, like all the bad guys are really good bad guys. You hate them all. It's a really just believable kind of situation all the way around, which I think makes it how just as effective and gripping as it is. And so, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, 9.125. I think that's pretty good. I think it's totally fair. Yeah. All right, yeah. So I think that
1: means it's time for our life lessons, Joe. Let's do it. We've each got three. Yep. It's time to find out which ones we like the most. Yep. I can go first. Sure. All right, I'll take I'll take the first one here. Do it. All right, this rule comes from my nerd life okay. of Dungeons & Dragons, Joe. Okay. But it's a really important life lesson, which is never split the party. I'm not just going to let my wife go off like that, like we said. There's all these strangers. The worst thing you can ever do is to split the party because you're yep. both just going to kind of get taken out at some point. Yep. So rule number one, never
0: split the party. I think that is a dang good rule. I knew we'd have some overlap here. My first rule is don't let your wife get in a truck alone. <laughs> So, very similar theme. Just don't do it. We talked about this earlier at the beginning of the plot. Don't let her get in there alone. Yeah. Or you don't get in there alone either, because then you're going to leave her with the truck. Who knows what could happen? Just don't do it. Stay together. This is a precarious situation. You don't know what's going to happen. No phones. There's no evidence of anything if it were to happen. Just go together. Having said that, (laughs) yeah. having said that, if they went together, would they have still gotten out of the situation alive? I don't think they would have, because they would have had them both in that truck, and he would have pulled up, and he, they just would have had him dead to rights. The wife colors. wouldn't
1: have had the chance to say, "Wait, wait, 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 we have a bunch of money, right?" Exactly. for the story, because they wouldn't have had a chance to kind of yes. corroborate that ahead of time. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so you got to You need. I hate to admit
1: it, that yeah. our both of our first rules are similar. Yes. And in this one case, this is the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. Right.
0: But yeah, don't let your wife get in
1: a truck alone. Is <laughs> mine. All right. Yeah. Number two for me: never give up hope. Mm. He kept looking for her. He yep. kept tracking down leads. He had to circle back. He had to take a lot of risks. Yep. And all along the way, he wasn't going to just wait for others. Yep. And he never
0: gave up hope on finding her. A lot of resolve. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. There were so many points in the movie where he just he was up against it the entire time. And he had constantly had to fight and problem solve to just make just gain an inch. Yeah. And so it was pretty impressive. I think that's a very, a very good rule. Okay. My second rule is think in the moment. Once he really is in the thick of it, you can see he has to make some decisions and come up with ideas very quickly yeah. to be able to get out of the situation. For example, jumping on the semi, the undercarriage of it to get on that kind of bracket or whatever it was for that spare tire. Jumping out of the truck when they were getting pushed off the cliff to get in there and stop the guy, grabbing the letter opener, he just had really had to be kind of all cylinders firing the whole time. He was very crafty. He was very crafty, very cunning. Mm. So, yeah, think in the moment, and he needed to, to get through this this situation here. No, so, I like yeah.
1: to a good one. Yeah. All right, my last one, number three, when the game's rigged, Play Dirty. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. All right? He couldn't trust anybody. Tons of people were in on it. They kept kind of throwing him... Yes. ...different directions. They wouldn't just take the money. They wouldn't tell yep. him where his wife was. Yep. And so finally, he just had enough.
0: Yep. And it was time to play dirty. That's pretty good, man. I like yeah. that one. I like that one a lot. Yeah. And it works for him. It worked out. He's out on top. Okay. My number three is keep a work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So this is outside of the story of the movie. We're talking about the production of the movie. The fact that he was, he had in his contract to say, no, you're getting 12 hours of my time. I have a family. I'm going back to them every night. I'm spending time with them, healthy amount of time with them, and then I will be back tomorrow. I'll give you all the time I have, but not a minute more. I respect the heck out of that, especially being in an industry that can really just really suck away all your time by production and being hours and hours on set, and it can be unending. So I respect that. I think that's a great, great kind of, I don't know, words of wisdom yeah. from uh, from me and from the... <laughs> And from uh, the movie and, and Kurt's approach to his career. And so, yeah, I yeah. like that. It's great.
1: All right, let me summarize these for us real quick, Joe. I think I already know what which of yours I'm going to pick. Okay. But you had Don't Let Your Wife Get in a Truck Alone. Yep. Think in the Moment. Yep. And Keep a Work-Life Balance. Yes. On my end, I've got Never Split the Party. Okay. Never Give Up Hope. Yep. And When the Game's Rigged, Play Dirty.
0: i tell you right now, I know which one of yours. Yeah, I'm I'm, right. I'm, I'm already sold. When the Game's Rigged, Play Dirty. All All right. Right. I like that one. That's a good rule. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, was, I, I was proud of that one when I wrote it. <laughs> I think it's really clever, just like Kurt Russell's clever in this movie. And uh, I think there's some truth to it. If they're if it's rigged and they're basically cheating, then that gives you all the permission to play dirty. Yeah. And, you know, kind of play it in your own terms. And so yeah, I think that's a great rule. What do you got for mine?
1: I really liked yours of keep a work life balance. <laughs> I just think it was funny in the moment and it's really poignant. And I love how true it is and the way Kurt yeah. was kind of taking back part of his life a little yeah. bit in this time of his
0: career. So yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I think it's really cool, honestly, man. It's one of the reasons we do this podcast. Just saying, because he just seems like, again, such a well grounded family guy. Like, he loves his people, his friends, his family. Like, he loves what he does. Uh, You can tell he's obviously passionate about it, very good at it, but he knows that he's really nothing without the people around him and he makes time for them as well. Like, I think that's probably. One of the reasons he has such a successful career and that people love working with him and that he has had such a successful relationship because he does keep those boundaries and that balance, which yeah. is which is really cool. No, and, so, and I, yeah.
1: I don't know if we've talked about it in the past, but when he was kind of having to leave baseball behind, yeah. He had this yeah. question of can acting be something I'm as passionate about? Yeah. But even in that, I think his dad said to him, like, This is a job, like you have an obligation yep. to put something out there for these people to be to enjoy. Yep. And it does seem like Kurt has really lived by that. Yes, it does. Where this is my yeah. job, this is my responsibility, and I also have the rest of my life, too. Yeah. That I'm going to maintain.
0: He has his family, his hobbies, free time, all that good stuff. Yeah. and So, so it's yeah.
1: highly ad- admirable. Yes, it is. So, it's
0: very cool. And you hear so many stories about these people that kind of go south or, you know, they have...
1: Or child actors that yeah. just kind of totally lose their way. Yeah. And Kurt... That didn't happen to
0: him. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And again, I think it's why he's one of those people that, that every time we were talking to, again, to f- our friends of ours this morning, several of them, and every time his name came up, every person was like, man, I love him. He just seems so cool and relatable and funny. And it's yeah. like, yeah, he's so likable. Yeah, really and that's is. what they all say. And yep. it's like, I guarantee a huge part of that is the fact that he keeps he keeps his work work and he keeps his family prioritized. And it's, it's really cool. I, I think you said it, it really is admirable. Yeah. So yeah, very cool, man. Very cool.
1: All right, well, Joe, I think I think that might wrap things up for us here this time. Okay. Yeah, breakdown. What a great movie. Great! Movie. It really surprised me. Great pick, Joe. Hey, I'm really glad you put that on the list this time.
0: Thanks, Ian. It's yeah. a good one. I really encourage. We've said it five times, but please go see it if you haven't. It's a it's a really yeah. Effective you
1: movie. really need to watch this movie. It's yeah. it's a totally easy watch. It's really fun. Yep. It's all
0: really right. Good.
1: Next episode, we'll be discussing the 1969 comedy sci-fi family movie where a lot of this all started. <laughs> the computer wore tennis shoes. Yes. I've never seen it, Joe. I'm super excited to watch this movie.
0: I've seen parts of it. I'm very excited as well cuz that was probably when I was n- 7 years old. So, I'm ready to get into this. Oh. <laughs> you you watched it when you were 7 I'm like Joe, if you were 7 in
1: 1969, I would. <laughs> we are totally different.
0: I am 65. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, until then everybody, don't forget to keep a work-life balance. That's right. And when the game's rigged, play dirty. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks everyone. See ya.